welcome to Bedside Matters Podcast. Your host is pediatric critical care nurse and faculty, Dr. Marianne Godshaw. I am Rebecca Campbell, nurse and production manager. We discuss topics that impact the bedside nurse and give you a view from inside the industry. With all this craziness of the pandemic going on, Marianne takes a look at why people won't stay home. So in this current state of affairs we are in with COVID-19, why won't people stay at home in a pandemic? What is going on? I just don't understand this. Despite all of the news information that is being shared, why won't certain people follow the rules? Scotty Andrew from CNN shared some ideas I would like to share with you all because I cannot comprehend what is wrong with people and why they won't listen. I think, first of all, that we were not given factual information up front. I myself was under the impression that coronavirus only affected old people. By the way, I seem to be forgetting I am creeping ever so closely to that old category. So younger people thought they were immune to the disease. They didn't think about the fact that they could be carriers and spread this virus to others. Perhaps the virus changed. At first, it wasn't affecting young people at all, but now it is. Most recently, an infant has died of coronavirus. People then thought, well, I don't have a lung problem, an immune problem, or cancer. Again, they didn't realize they could be transmitting it. So not everyone was complying with social distancing. The spring breaker who wouldn't skip spring break and crowded the beach. People crowding each other at grocery stores, liquor stores, and food establishments. The older crowd who refused to miss church. So why did this happen? Psychologists say that it had to do with one's personality. I found this piece by Mr. Andrew so interesting that I think it bears repeating. These socializers were, are called under-responders. Gordon Asmundson, a professor of psychology at the University of Regina in Saskatchewan, is studying how psychological factors impact the spread and response to COVID-19. He has broken us all down into three groups based on our response to the pandemic. These three groups are the over-responders, the under-responders, and those that fall somewhere in between. Please listen and then you can decide which category you fit in. The over-responders are the ones who are panicking. They are the ones who ran out to the grocery store and were stockpiling months of supplies. And they may possibly be what we referred to as the doomsday preppers. They are scared. They're overreacting to a perceived threat and by hoarding things like toilet paper, milk, bread, and eggs, that makes them feel safe. The people in the middle, which is where I think I am, are the ones who are doing what they are told. They're not panicking. They're arming themselves with information and they're okay. They are what Mr. Admonson refers to as the pandemic Goldilocks. 
The under responders are the ones who are ignoring the rules. They are not following public health distancing guidelines. They're not following social distancing. They are the ones who consider themselves invulnerable. They are in denial. They don't feel they will get sick. They don't really care if they get vulnerable people sick. They would deny that it was their fault. These under-responders are the ones who will indeed be to blame if this virus continues to spread over the next few months. They gather in groups because they feel powerless. One big challenge of living in this uncertain time is if we acknowledge that, it will make us feel like things are out of control. So to maintain control, they are defiant in a way for them to try to gain control. For some, the COVID-19 virus seems far away in another country, but as we now know, it's not. It's right next door. They were downplaying the significance because they didn't personally know anyone who has come down with the virus. So they feel immune to the virus. It won't affect me. I'm invincible. We have seen many young individuals video themselves from their hospital beds to try to get through to these under-responders by saying, I thought the same thing you did, but look, it affected me. They didn't think they would get sick and wind up on a ventilator. They are numb to the news. They are desensitized for some reason to the severity of the virus. They continually downplay it. Just on March 21st, crowds gathered to see the cherry blossoms in Washington. These parks, beaches are full of people in denial. Just like in New York, as people gathered along the Hudson River to watch the arrival of the um, Navy USS Comfort ship. It took the government shutting down these public places for these gatherings to stop. Many of these people are still gathering and having parties inside their homes. These people are risk takers. They think individually. They think only of themselves and how things affect them. Perhaps a lack of empathy is present. All three of the psychologists in the CNN piece agreed that these people are lonely. We are all social creatures. Being denied social interaction for periods of time can hurt us. They may be less willing to use computer programs like Zoom, FaceTime, or video conferencing. I have to confess for myself, it has been a hard two weeks of social distancing, and I am getting tired of it. The working from home and the online meetings are getting old. That being said, we still all have to continue to practice social distancing. I think perhaps the country was misled in saying groups of 10 were okay initially. What was to say a group of 11 or 12 was bad then? Now the recommendation of a group of two is more realistic. And most honestly, staying at home is the best advice. 
This is not without challenges as we are all mobile creatures and staying at home in the house with the family and trying to work remotely can be stressful and challenging. So what can we do to persuade these people to stay inside? What will it take? This is what the psychologist Armisen is studying and trying to find out. In my opinion, it's going to take a wake-up call, a realization that they are not immune. It will take someone of their friends getting sick. When this virus personally hits home, it will change one's way of thinking. It is sad that this is what it's going to have to take, but perhaps a loved one dying that they know personally is what it's going to take before they realize what the results of their actions and not staying home have caused. How tragic. It's difficult to strike an equal tone with the over and under responders, Ardmanson said. But there's one thing the experts agree on. Convincing people to stay at home is our best bet against a pandemic. If we could just put in another good two weeks, I think we will see the surge in the U.S. peak and decrease. The current recommendation is self-isolating until April 30th. I highly concur. Then if we all listen and do what we're told, we can hopefully slowly return to our normal lives and perhaps by summer be able to come out of our houses. If we are all good and follow the rules, perhaps this thing will end sooner instead of having to drag it out until September. I ask you, under-responders, what would you really prefer? So my advice, stay home, do the right thing. Think of others, not just yourself. Thanks for listening to Bedside Matters Podcast today. Make sure you follow us at our website, bedsidematterspodcast.com. Take care.